ladies and gentlemen, people will come and people will go. But the word of God, the principles, the truth, the revelation, the example that he set and he gives us will live on for eternity, will live on forever. We have to stop putting people in the place of God. We have to stop letting people become our saviors. We have to put God ahead of everything else. We have to put our faith in him. And to do that, we need to act like it. We need to live it. We need to interact with the world, interact with one another the way that Christ tells us to, to take in his commands, to take on the responsibility that he has given us, and we are to live our life dedicated to those principles, dedicated to him and not to people in charge, not to people of this earth because we are flawed and we will fail, but God will never fail us. Let's talk about that today as we get our week started. Good morning, Christian America. And good morning, Christian America. Eddie here, as always, representing the Christian American community and the Christian American T-shirt company coming to you this Monday to get your week started off right, ladies and gentlemen. It is a tumultuous time. It is uh, a crucial time, though, right now in 2020. This, this, this society that we've created for ourselves, this world that, we've, uh, that, that, that we inhabit right now is at a very sticky, peculiar time uh, and place right now. And it's important, it's important, it's imperative that we, you and I, the Christian American community, understand a few things. We have to understand a few things if we're going to uh, truly try to live out the principles that Christ calls us to. In 2020, there's far too many people there's far too many of us. There's far too many people who call themselves Christians that are putting other people above God. They're putting other ideas above his values. They're putting other organizations and other, uh, uh, other agendas over the agenda that God has for us. What do I mean when I say this? As I spend time on social media, as I spend time looking at your comments, reading them, reading what people post, uh, trying to interact with them, gain the sense of where the community is, where we are, as I read articles and Christian content and see different things that, that are out there either in the traditional media or on social media, on different websites. I'm starting, starting is not the right word. I'm, I'm starting to see more content that is focusing around, it's on the Christian side, on the Christian American side, that is focus, focusing around people. And the idea of an imperfect person and because a person is imperfect, automatically means that the ideals that that person may or may not be fighting for 
are no longer relevant. Now, what do I mean when I say that? I, I, I'm, right now I'm talking, uh, I could be talking about a few different aspects of life, but let's just bring it to where we all end up these days in 2020. Let's bring it to the political class, the, 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 the political conversation across the nation. What I tend to see today, what I'm, what I'm seeing more and more of is that because a particular person is failed, has failed personally to act in accordance with God's will, let's say, because that person is flawed, all of a sudden, everything that that person then is fighting for is somehow caught up into that failing, that, that flawed nature. My friends, we can't do that. No one is perfect. Only one person has ever graced this earth and, and lived a perfect life. And that's Jesus Christ. And if you expect that one of our politicians, one of our presidents, one of our, you know, you name it, you business leaders, if you, if one of our church leaders, if you think that one of them is going to walk this earth and be perfect, I hate to disappoint you. It's just not going to happen. Lord knows that I'm not. You can probably admit that you're not. And nobody that we meet will ever be perfect. We are flawed to the core. It's part of our faith to overcome the temptations of this world, to overcome our flawed nature, to put our faith in Christ that he may grace us with abundance, that he may have mercy on us, even though we fail so often personally, that he still welcomes us in, that he redeems us, he forgives us. If you're looking for, for a, a, a person to follow in this world and you think that someone is going to meet the standards of Christ, it's just not going to happen. But that doesn't mean that we don't uphold the values and strive for the values, the ideas, the principles that Christ tells us to, that he commands us to. That's why I'm here today to talk to you about the values that we hold dear, not the people. No matter who leads your church, he's a sinner or she's a sinner. No matter who leads your business, he's a sinner or she's a sinner. No matter who you vote for, he's a sinner, she's a sinner. No matter who your president is, he's a sinner, she's a sinner. None of them are perfect. None of them are perfect. Does that mean make them equal? Does that make their ideas the values that they push for, the changes that they want to institute, does it make all of that equal? No, it doesn't. But we can't, we, we must separate the person from the ideas. We must separate the person from the values that they espouse or that they try to espouse. We must separate the person from the good 
or not so good that they want to partake in. And if we fail to separate these two, then we start to follow people rather than ideas. And when we start to follow people, we start to follow people over our biblical values. We start to follow people over God's commands. And then we get into a very dangerous position where we turn that person into our savior. Paul talks about this in the first letter of the Corinthians when people in the Christian community of Corinth start breaking off into factions. Paul creates the church there. He, he, he introduces them to Christ. He speaks to them. You can see that in Acts 18. But when he, when he, when he uh, writes the letter to the Corinthians at a later date, he's, he, he's writing because he's heard that the community has splintered and they have different groups of people. And Paul says that, you know, it's not that we should be separating ourselves based on the person that introduced us to Christ. It's important that we all admit and focus and work towards what's really important and follow Christ himself. And so that he says, let no one say that I follow Paul. Let no one say that I follow Cephas. Let no one say that I follow Apollos. For if Paul has planted the seed and Apollos waters the seed, it's God that makes the seed grow. When we turn ourselves away from the values and the principles that the commands that God has provided us and commands us to follow and to seek and to push forward toward in order to follow a person, then all of a sudden you make that person your own personal savior. You make that person God himself in, you, in your own little mind, which then all of a sudden you, you have to then start to defend it and defend everything about him or her. And they're flawed. So not everything can be defended. Not if you're honest. We have to stop equating people, you and I, the people on TV, famous people, celebrities, politicians, business owners, whoever they may be. We have to stop equating them to our own savior. They are flawed personally. They're going to say things. They're going to act in certain ways that are contrary to the beliefs that we hold dear. That is a fact. And we must hold them to account in that, in that fact. But now let's take a step back and say who's actively causing people to stumble and who is simply stumbling their self. There's a big difference in that. I try my, my best to live a Christian life and I fail numerous times. That's vastly and drastically different than trying to justify my own failings trying to rationalize my own sins and then encourage others to commit the same so that I bear no responsibility for that. Those are two drastically different positions. And I don't think we as the Christian American community have truly 
had a conversation about that. And you see it within the Christian American community, within the various Christian uh, denominations, sects within those denominations. That's sects, S-E-C-T-S, sects, within the various denominations that are fracturing and splintering based on a personality, based on a, a, a team identity, based on a political identity. We have to stop that. We should be able to agree on the vast majority of values and principles that matter, that we should stand strong and support. Principles and values such as life, the very inception of life, that God grants us with life. Is it possible that somebody has made a mistake before? Maybe even before they've come to Christ and violated that? There, there, there's a strong case that that's happened a lot. That's for that individual to ask for forgiveness, to repent and correct themselves. But it's a different matter to say that life shouldn't be protected that it should be killed, that it should be stopped before birth. Those are different, those are totally different things. Is it possible to sin and repent? Our faith says yes. That's drastically different than sinning and then justifying it and encouraging other people to sin as well. Those aren't the same things, ladies and gentlemen. We have to stand on the principles and the commands and the beliefs and the values that scripture tells us. We don't steal and then justify other people stealing. Does that mean that we have never stole? Does that mean that somebody that maybe we support has never stole something? Probably not, but we there's a difference in the two. There's a difference in that conversation. We need to be aware of that conversation because if we're stuck, and that's what it would be, being stuck. If we're stuck answering for every person that we support on their personal actions, their personal failings, their personal misgivings, you're turning those people into a de facto savior, someone that you look to no matter what happens to, to save you in some form or fashion. When government becomes your God, your politician becomes your Jesus. Does that make sense? If government becomes your God, then your politician becomes your Jesus. What I'm telling you is, is that none of that is true. That your God is your God and Jesus is your savior. Stop laying the burdens and the responsibilities of being a savior on flawed people. Because it's, they're never going to live up to that expectation. You will always be disappointed because that's what humans do. We disappoint. We have flaws within us. 
the entire faith that we hold is a constant disciplined approach away from the trappings of this world, away from the temptations of this earth, away from the things that would separate us from God, the real God, the true God, and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's get away. Let's get away from this tribalism of individuals. And let's get back to the principles that we know are true because scripture and Jesus tell us so. From the very beginning, he created us, men and women, to live together, to become one flesh, to subdue the world and populate it, to work on behalf of him. This is Genesis 1 and 2. That we are supposed to take care of our brother and that life may not be fair, but what you don't do is you don't turn your back on your family. You don't turn your back on your friends. You don't, in Cain and Abel's story, you don't murder your brother. You are his keeper. You don't steal. You don't kill. You don't covet. You honor your parents. You make holy the Lord's day. You place no one above your God. Summed up, you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and you love one another as you love yourself. These principles, these ideas are true regardless of whatever side of uh, a political aisle you fall on. These are the values that we fight for regardless of what political side you fall on. It's these ideas, it's these values that should drive you in a particular direction. You shouldn't get to a particular direction and then take on the values that that organization, that institution, that party like to espouse. The sanctity of marriage, the right to life, the right to worship freely anywhere and everywhere granted to us in the First Amendment. These are principles that, are, that we should be fighting for and we should be supporting regardless of who puts them forward. Don't interest yourself with who the person is and what individual actions these people take. As long as they're fighting for the principles that we believe in, that we should believe in, the principles that God tells us to believe in, that he encourages us to follow. We have to separate the two. We have to separate the two because it's, it's, very, it's a very dangerous ground we walk. If we start following people 
that are not espousing the beliefs and the values and the principles that Jesus gives us. Jesus himself says in Luke 17 that woe to those who cause people to stumble. Because if you're out there causing people to stumble, Jesus says it would be better that you have a millstone tied around your neck and tossed into the ocean. Jesus says it's better that you be drowned than to be in this world causing people, other people, to go against the word of God. We don't want to find ourselves like that. When you look out into society today, when you pick a side, whatever side is available, pick the side of God. Pick the side of God's values. Pick the side of Jesus's example. Pick the side that lands you on the side of Christ where you can wake up in the morning and not have to justify your sins, rationalize your sins, but that you can wake up and be proud to know that you stand on the principles that God has given us and stop turning these darn politicians into a savior because they're not. None of them are, and none of them will ever be. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, hope, hopefully I, that all made sense. I, I, I hope and I pray that, that that made sense to you, that there's a huge difference. There's a huge difference between somebody sinning on their own accord and, and, and through the mistakes that they've made and bad decisions and said things that we, they shouldn't have said or, or acted in a way they shouldn't have acted in a moment, moment of anger, a moment of weakness or whatever the case may be. And those who intentionally, deliberately uh, encourage other people to go against the word of God, to murder children in the womb, to, to desecrate the, the sanctity of marriage, to stifle the, the, the right to religious freedom, to anything, anything that goes against biblical teaching and, they're in, and someone is intentionally trying to teach or encourage other people to, to go against it, we have to run far, far away from people like that and not get caught up in these silly tribes, tribal you know, arguments when there's something bigger afoot. We as Christians, we as followers of Christ need to be dedicated 100% to Jesus. We need to follow scripture. In order to follow scripture, we gotta read scripture. So I encourage you today, this week, pick up scripture. Start small. Start in the book of Matthew. Follow us, follow this podcast on, on every Friday. We cover a portion of the book of Matthew. We've been doing that for over a year and a half. So every Friday for the last year and a half, you can go to YouTube and you can follow along. There's tons of videos. We probably got over 300 videos out there of this podcast. And every Friday, we bring you, break down a little portion of scripture through the book of Matthew, bit by bit. Thursdays, virtual Bible discussion, Thursday evenings, we've been receiving a lot more viewership, a lot more watches, a lot more views 
in that discussion over the last few weeks covering the book of Acts. We're on Acts, we just finished Acts 18. Tune in to those Bible discussions. Follow scripture. We bring in other people and have conversations about what it means, what it means for us, what God is trying to tell us then and what he is trying to tell us today. And I gotta be honest, it's not too much different. The same struggle that the early apostles go through, we're going through. I just kind of broke it down for you briefly on this political in this political arena where we have factions and we're being separated because of earthly people, just like those early Corinthians. And Paul tells them, like I'm telling you, is that we need not worry about factions. We just need to stick to the principles that God has given us. And that is how we progress together as, as a community and as a nation. And so with that, ladies and gentlemen, have a blessed week. Do something good for your brothers and sisters in Christ. Perform a, a good gesture at some point this week. Help someone, you know, purchase something for someone in line behind you. You know, pay it forward in some, some way, shape, form, or fashion. Help a community, help someone, help an organization in need. You know, shop at your local, you know, markets, farmer's market or something. Help those that are, in, that, that are struggling economically through this crisis. That's what we do as Christian Americans. That is uh, what we're supposed to be doing. That's what Christ calls us to do, is to help one another, to love one another as you love yourself. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, you guys have a blessed week. Go out there and spread the word of God unrelentingly, unapologetically, unceasingly this week. Let it be known to the world that you believe in Christ, that you follow Jesus. You don't follow a particular party or you don't follow a particular politician, but that you follow Jesus. And he's given you, he's given us certain values that we hold dear. And those are the things that you can support regardless of who is out there uh, promoting them. With that, ladies and gentlemen, you guys have a blessed week. Stay strong in Christ. Stay on fire for Christ. And until we talk uh, again on Friday, good morning, Christian America.